0: Hello, I am Apostle Maria Brown, co founder of Empowerment Prayer Outreach Ministry, located in Crowley, Texas, and you're listening to Waging War and Winning. God bless you, Saints of God. Listen, it's always an honor and a privilege to be able to hold kingdom conversations and a touch and agree in prayer with you. You know how we do it every week, Saints of God. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in. I want you to get that in your spirit. So when they say, how are you doing, my brother? You can say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. When they say, how are you doing, sister? You'll say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. When you start taking on that mindset of victory, no matter what's coming your way, no matter how things look, no matter what's been presented to you, but you have a worrying mentality and a mentality to win and to succeed at all that you set your hands to listen, victory is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Healing is inevitable. Deliverance is inevitable. See, there's so much power and weight in your mouth It's so much power and weight in the things that you are convicted of. A lot of times saints of God, we don't see ourselves being successful We don't see ourselves coming out of poverty. We don't see ourselves being happy or living a fulfilled life because we have been convinced by the thoughts, by our past, by how people treated us or what other folks said about us. We've allowed those things to build strongholds in our minds and we have gained a great, gleaned a conviction that what we think, what we feel is the truth. But the Bible reminds me that the word of God is true. And so what we have to do is to recondition our mindsets, to believe God, to trust God and to decree and declare his word over everything that we do. Everything that concerns us, we must learn to prophesy life over it. The Bible even says that in the last days that the spirit of God will be poured out over the sons and daughters. Are you a son and daughter of the most high God? If the Bible says that the spirit of God will be poured out upon you and that you they will have dreams and visions. And I like this part. he said his sons and daughters were prophesy. Now that is not just limited to the office of a prophet. But that is a gift from God to every believer that they will prophesy. Now, you can prophesy. That's called the gift of prophecy. You can prophesy and not be in the office of the prophet. And in fact, the Bible says that we are to desire that gift not to be used in a way like what you see, most people are doing nowadays: concocting up stuff, operating in witchcraft, foolery, huh? operating in the spirit of foolish, just foolish, doing, saying stuff, doing stuff, acting in all kinds of ways, because it swoons people who are either are not, a, uh, who are either not privy of the word of God, or baby Christians, or those who have not taken the time out to build a relationship with God to get to know Him, and so we come off with this hocus pocus clownish type of information that we display b- before people. And then we seal it or we put a label on it that is prophecy. But I counsel that in Jesus name. That's not prophecy. Nothing that God's do or give to us is foolish. So when you see people operating in foolishness or even uh, antagonistic conversations or fear, That's that's a different spirit that they're operating in. It's not the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Because prophecy, true prophecy, it encourages, it builds, it comforts, and it empowers and it instructs. True prophets, those that are operating in the office of a prophet, are guiders. They guide people. And they speak forth the word of God in a way that's going to guide you and direct you to make right decisions the right, may be on the right path to do what God wants you to do. And there's nothing spooky about it. About it. You can prophesy to somebody and I can talk to them like I do. When the Lord uses me to speak or release a prophetic word, I don't begin to roll and my eyes don't get to roll in the back of my head. I'm not spitting. I'm not doing all these crazy stuff. I'm holding candid conversations Affirmations of God's word, speaking forth the word of God that bubbles up through praise and worship, or whenever uh, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, when God wants to release it, that's going to encourage, comfort, and edify, and build up and instruct the receiver. So, I want to encourage us today because what I want to talk to us about is the rules of engagement. And I really didn't come on here to talk about the prophetic, but Perhaps one day I'm going to be teaching on the difference of the office of a prophet versus the gift of prophecy. But that's not our conversation today. I want to further our conversation that we started a few weeks ago in terms of rules of engagement. And we begin our scripture uh, le- reading from chapter 10 in 2 Quran- Corinthians <laughs> Uh, got to bear with me, 2nd Corinthians chapter 4, verses 4. In terms of it, turns up, and I'm just going to you this little part, I'm going to cap on verse 4 says this for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, when we're talking about corn, I'm gonna leave it right there. I've been doing a teaching, I've started a series on spiritual warfare, the rules of engagement, and I went into further details on you know on our Sunday. Uh, t- teachings, uh, about the weapons of warfare and, uh, some rules of engagements. I, you know, I've been covering all these scriptures and there's some other scriptures in the Bible, but I'm for this, for this radio broadcast, when I talk about the warfare, I'm not carnal. Anytime you hear the word carnal, that means worldly essential aspect, sinful nature, the world's way of doing things, this cosmetic, this cosmic, the cosmic culture that we are in but not supposed is not supposed to be in us. We are navigators through this world, this age, but we're not supposed to attach ourselves to it to that we begin to conform into the way and the behavior and the culture and the style of the world. We are kingdom citizens. Now there are more there's multiple kingdoms. That Satan has kingdoms. But his kingdom does not supersede the kingdom of God. And in fact, the Bible calls him the king of this world or the prince of this world. But you got to understand we're t- you're talking about, not the earth, but the lifestyle and the age, the disp- the, the, the that we're that we're in. This cosmo, cosmo culture or structure. Organization, but we are citizens of a kingdom. That's why when we're, we have to be careful when we're starting saying we're taking in memberships to churches and memberships to this, because if you're a member, you don't have ownership. But if you are a citizen, you have a say and you have authority and you have ownership in it. So we are kingdom citizens and so, I want to talk to us about the rules of engagement in terms of our weapon of warfare. Are not corner; they're not worldly, but they're bible this, But they're mighty through God. Now, in terms of having spiritual warfare and how to be successful, how to be combative, and how to take down the enemy, how to destroy those thoughts that you're thinking on and dwelling on that he keeps uh, enticing you with it's going to require us to understand that this battle is not ours. First of all, the Bible tells us it's the Lord's. But in order for it to be the Lord's in our life, that means we have to submit to his will and his way of doing things. Because even though he tells us in 2 Chronicles 20, 15, at the end He says of that scripture, he says, the battle is not ours, it's God's. Listen, if we don't submit to him, if we don't obey him and, and put him as chief commander of our life and we're a soldier in the army of the Lord and we obey what he has for us, then it seems like we're in a defeated battle. And that's often the case in most of us because of God. We say we're sold out for God, but we don't want to study the scriptures. We don't want to develop a healthy prayer life. We want to pray and ask for things, but we don't want to just stand in God's presence and worship him, love on him, and sup with him that he will share his mysteries with us. We don't want to pray in a spirit so we can build up our inner man. All we want to do is give him a Santa Claus list like he's a Santa Claus and he's not. He's God. When is the last time that you took some time out of your busy schedule and just to worship him? Let me tell you, that is a powerful weapon against the enemy. So the Bible, when he's talking about the battle is the Lord's, it is his because he is victorious. He is is Jehovah Savioth. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the, the Lord. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the banner that is lifted high. Nothing can go above him, nothing can get around him, it can't go underneath him, and it definitely can't go through him unless he allows for it. And that only thing that he's allowing is that we come through Christ to have a relationship with him. But no demon in hell, no principality, nothing can, can, can even come even close to God. That's how powerful he is. Now he tells us our battle is not, of this world, but it's mighty through Him. So that means when you're going to warfare, say to God, you're gonna to have to keep your mind focused. You can't be going bad on your brothers and sisters in Christ just because they offended you. There are protocols in the Bible of how we are supposed to respond and react to those who offend us. First of all, we got to grow up because the Bible says offense will, oh, will come. Will come. Secondly, we have to go through the process, that the protocols that God has outlined for us. But when we get into spit spats and bickering with our brothers and sisters and then turn around to my Satan, the Lord rebukes you. That does not work. I've told people, listen, Beelzebub will not bring in division within his troops. So he will not cast out a one of his others. But isn't it sad that we as believers, we cast each other off. But yet are we still think that we're walking in power. So the, the first, the second portion of the rules of engagement is understanding that it's what that we're in. It is only mighty through Christ. That means we have to be sold out to him. Be it, we have to be willing to obey what he tells us to do. And then we must do it. The Bible says this in Proverbs 21, 31. The horse is made for ready for a day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. In other words, horse is a symbolic of power. You that's where you get the terminology. Some vehicles they have this horsepower of three horses, or whatever the terminology is. Horses are symbolic of power and swift power, as that. And but the Bible says this you, although in other words, it's saying, is although you may think, or although you may think that you got a lot of strength and power, or or that those physical you don't have it all. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. As bad as you think you are, you're going to need Jesus in your war. So I pray today that we will find ourselves, knowing that this battle that we're in, the battle that you're in, beloved, it does belong to the Lord, but it's going to require you to sell out to him and to, com- to com- conform to what he's trying to tell you to do. If you pray and you seek him and get, develop a worship uh, spirit, he will give you a strategy on how you can take down the enemy of a life. Don't you know that victory is yours and you can have it. So, Father, I pray for your sons and daughters today that they will become more wiser in the things of you. And understand that they are in the battle. But the battle does not belong to them. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints of God. Have a Until next time, waste this war and win. 谢了